people are still being saved. Just this past weekend, we uh, had the privilege of being in Haines City, Florida. We had over 15 um, kids that were saved. Um, you didn't have to carry Mount Hannah. He was just saying amen to me. <laughs> he was just agreeing with Uncle Jamie. I mean, it, it's, it, it's all good. There, there's, there's no problems there. But, yep, yep, <laughs> yep, we... We had the privilege of seeing over 15 people just in that service alone come to know, you know, Christ. And not only that, uh, I said it was a, a public school mixed with kids, uh, mixed with, I guess, kids who have parents that come. It was all mixed together. And when I tell you, during the invitation, there was a point in time when I was dealing with somebody and I turned around. I mean, you could count how many people were in the seats rather than how many people were at the altar. There were that many teenagers teenagers oftentimes we think of teenagers and we're like oh lord as they say in the south bless their heart <laughs> you know but there's still a next generation coming up who still wants to serve god we just need to be faithful giving them the information that they need to do it in ephesians we find someone running the same race that we have been running serving god not only serving God, but he's had the privilege to put pen to paper and to write and to warn the other people coming behind him. He, not only that, even people that were walking and running the same race at the same time that he was when he was writing to the church. Boy, begging the church to keep running, to keep running their race, to keep doing what they know that they are supposed to be doing. And encouraging them while they were doing that. In doing that, he was talking about um, things concerning the proper family life. Can I tell you this? Your kids should grow up in a Christian family. I believe that's a given thing. But it should also be that your kids have fun. They enjoy life. I'll explain to you what I mean by that here in a little bit. <clears throat> but join me in chapter 5 and verse 19. It says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. We see the Apostle Paul writing to the church, trying to help. In trying to help them, we also see him giving them the duties that they need to do to keep going, to keep living the life that they're supposed to live, not to please men, but to be found faithful to our Lord and Savior. Now, in doing that, he also, after this, says, wives, submit yourself to your husbands. And he goes down this whole list of things. Now, because of today, normally I wouldn't have had to say that 20 years ago, but what I mean there is wives, hey, don't worry, your husband, if his head's right, well, he'd be like, Lord God, what do we need for our family? Therefore, when you submit yourself to your husband, you are still submitting yourself to God Almighty. That's the way that God has it set. It isn't a control thing. It isn't a whip thing. Because, by the way, that's the way that the world pictures that as an unperson, a un save person when they see that and they hear that they think of oh well women can do anything that man can do yes but you're also saying those same people are saying that a woman can be a man 
and a man can be a woman. You see what I'm saying? That philosophy can easily get deterred. That's unnatural, by the way, that God has set it up. <clears throat> in saying that, I don't believe that I need to say this, not in my notes, but I will say it anyways. Ladies, God made you the way that you should be. Beautiful. Guys, Lord help us. <laughs> God made us the way that he planned us to be. He didn't make us a she. He didn't make us a shem. He didn't make us anything like that. He made us to be a man. So let's not only be a man, let's be a godly man. And being a godly man, we see here the thing that he's getting at with these verses, especially at the end, it's all about obedience. He's given us truths that if we will obey, it will help us in the long run. Oftentimes, as an adult, especially with a little one, I am told. I was on the opposite end of this. When my dad said something, I was to do it because he said so. But there also came a point in time in my life where when dad said something, I wasn't trying to challenge him because I wouldn't dare do that because I told you guys about my dad. He was not afraid to be like, son, I will knock your head off your body. Would you like to see me do that? No. <laughs> I would not like to see that at all. So you can understand when I'm like, well, dad, why? It wasn't a rebellious why. It was that, well, why do we dress the way we dress? Why do we have Baptists on our sign? And he, in the wisdom, educated me, this is what the Bible says. This is why we take the stands. This is why we do the things. Sometimes your teenagers and the kids under you, you should teach them when to say why, when to also say obey, but also, when we look at the biblical definition of obedience, it means, this, it means this, compliance with a command, the perform of what is required. Oftentimes, when we read our Bible, we can skip over things. You ever read something and then next time you went to a church service and somebody preached on that same passage that you just read and you were like, how in the world did he see that? That is, oh! That is so good. Lord, what was I doing? <laughs> was I out running errands when I was reading my Bible? How did I miss that truth? But it's amazing when God gives us stuff exactly where we need it, not when we want it. And in giving us this to us exactly when we need it, verse 19 says, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you had a song on your heart that you sung throughout the day? Lord God, I know who I am, and Lord God, I know who you are, and I just want to sing praises to you. What am I saying? Lord God, I just want to be obedient. Lord God, the Bible talks about praising you. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you just praised God? When's the last time you just lifted up hands, whatever, however you do it? Lord God, I just want to say Thank you. I just want to praise you for who you are, for what you become. The reason why maybe some of your problems are so big in your life is because you've diminished your God. If you praise God for the small things, then you realize not only can he do the small things, but he can meet all 
your needs. And I'm meeting all your needs. That means he also can meet that need that seems like a mountaintop. But then all of a sudden you read who he is and how he breathed everything into commission. And you realize that it's nothing for our Lord and Savior. But it's all about <clears throat> this matter of obedience. Can I tell you this? When's the last time you simply just said, Lord God, I just want to praise you. It would change some of your prayer lives. Can I tell you this? It worries me today that we don't hear people who talk about praying as much as we used to. Has the standard changed? Has the Bible changed? Has our Lord changed? Then why don't we have that same hunger as the people who went before us in this matter of prayer? I remember they used to have all night prayer meetings. I remember sometime as a little kid, when not understanding everything, falling asleep because I know so-and-so, before anybody got up, before anybody said anything, he was going to get up and he was just going to praise the Lord. And before you know it, several hours had clicked by and we were praying through the night. When's the last time you prayed through the night? When's the last time you fasted and prayed? Let us not blame the world for our problems that we have now. Can I tell you this? The world has always been the world. Always been filthy. Always been sinful. Always been crazy. Always been insane. But if it's not the world that's changed, my friend, maybe it's us who's changed. Oftentimes, we don't like looking in the Bible because when we look in the Bible, we look in a mirror, and it reflects back exactly who we are. So when's the last time you just praised the Lord? When's the last time you just sung? I'm not a singer. Obviously, <clears throat> when I told Pastor earlier about singing, I'm not a singer. It's nothing like family that, that humbles you and, and keeps your bubble from popping. Well, John Mark, I, I, I will get in the shower, and brother, I will sing with the professionals. Well, I will hit all the notes. I will do everything. Now, I'm not doing that when the house is full, and everybody's over there. I'm quiet as a mouse. I may hum it. I may do something, but that's about it. Well, one time I thought I was all by myself, and here I am. I am, ooh, I am praising God. And all of a sudden, I walk out. And when I walk out from the restroom, my brother walks by, and he's just like, mm-mm, some people need to hum it. <clears throat> Pop my bubble. I was on my way to a, America's Got Talent. I was on my way to make millions. When's the last time you just praise God? Just what you have. My wife will tell you, I know I can't sing, so I'm not going to sing out loud to hurt somebody else's eardrums, but boy, I will hum it. Well, we <clears throat> just sung that song there, boy, it is well with my soul. Boy, if you got any God in you, how do you just stand still and sing that song with no emotion? I mean, the emotions, it is well with my soul. Hey, it doesn't matter what happens at the end. I know I'm going to be in heaven. I am guaranteed it. I got Jesus in my heart. If you know him like I know him, woo, this is just the beginning. Amen. When's the last time you praised him? Can I ask you this? When's the last time you just stopped? And realize who loves you. Most of the time, the reason why you don't sing is because you don't realize who loves you. Sometimes we can get things out of whack, can't we? We can get things out of whack when it comes to life, when it comes to <clears throat> even this matter of love. 
Then we see here, he is reminding them to sing, to have that expression to not only sing, but to make <clears throat> melody in your heart to the Lord. Not only making melody in your heart, but let me ask you this. Do you know the Lord? Has there been a point in time in your life where you know him as Savior? You don't think about it. It's an automatic thing. Lord, I know you, and you obviously know the Lord. Can I ask you this? <clears throat> When's the date and time that you have or that you met with the Lord? You know now I can pray and I can tell people, hey, you can pray with me. Saying the prayer doesn't get you to heaven, but you can pray with me. And sometimes I can pray it and I can mean it, and the Holy Spirit immediately is like, what are you doing? You know that you know me. Why are, we, why are we doing this? You know, one time when you were a teenager and that preacher got up and he preached on hell and he told everything about hell and it scared you to death, all of a sudden you were like, Lord, I just want to make sure that I'm sure. And well, you went to go pray and immediately the Holy Spirit's like, what are we doing? Why are we playing games here? You know that you know me. The problem is you've forgotten about me. Oftentimes we have teenagers come down and they, they come down and it's for salvation and we begin to talk to them and we just realize that they're so backslidden that they think that they're unsaved. So I'm going to ask you, when's the last time you praised them? Maybe it's just a gut check. When's the last time you knew who said that he would never ever leave thee nor forsake thee? Oftentimes we have people who feel like they're alone. You're never alone when you have Jesus. He is always there. In John chapter 14, he tells us how <clears throat> he physically was leaving so another one could come called the Holy Spirit to be with us and to live with us. Oh, if that's the case, let me ask you this. Do you know him? I mean, do you know him? Can, for some of you, <clears throat> that question that question, this statement, let me do it like this. Let me say it like this. <clears throat> the Bible says that he's a sovereign king. The Bible says that he's enduringly strong. He's also <clears throat> eternally steadfast. Oh, he's all powerful. He's all merciful. Do you know who I'm talking about tonight? Oh, he's the greatest phenomenon that this world has ever seen. There's been none like him before him, and there will be none like him after him. Can I tell you this? He's the great I am. Oh, he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. Hey, you want to blow your mind? What was before him? What would be after him? What were we talking about with the end here? But our God, time is but a thought. With us, time is everything. We measure everything by time, but I'm speaking of our Lord and Savior who time does not bind him. Oh, do you know him today? Oh, do you know him as the Son of God, but also the Savior of man? Do you know him as the centerpiece of civilization? Do you know him because he's unparalleled? He's unmatched? Oh, he's still undefeated? Death itself couldn't even defeat him. Oh, he's unbelievable. Do you know him? Can I tell you this? If this was the 70s, someone would jump up and say, that's a bad mamma jamma right there. Why? Because we're talking about our Lord and Savior. 
Do you know him? Do you know him as that? Do you know him as the healer? Oh, I'm talking about when you pray, when you pray and you ask God to heal somebody. Oh, we call him the great physician for a reason. Have you, let me ask you this. Where's the Bible verse for that? We always challenge our kids to remember Bible verses, don't we? Oh, you need to go to camp. Oh, you need to remember this. Oh, you need to remember this. You remember this. Can I tell you this? If it's good enough for the kids, it should be good enough for us too as an adult. Our teenagers should know more Bible verses than we do. The reason why we have them remember it is not so they can win a contest. And so whenever the devil shows up, we can do the same thing. They can do the same thing that Jesus did when the devil showed up to his toenails and tried to behoove him with false doctrine. In fact, it sounded like it was the Bible, but it wasn't the Bible, especially when you compare it to the Bible. Just like these other perversions, sometimes they sound like the Bible, but they're not really the Bible. You say, Brother Jackson, that's really confusing. Who's the author of confusion? That's right. Mm. So I guess he's still at work, huh? <clears throat> so if that's the case, let me ask you this. Do you know the one who's even defeated him? When's the last time you just praised him for who he is? Lord God, I want to praise you how mighty you are. Oh God, I just want to praise you. I, I tell people this all the time. I was like, I see the mountains and stuff around here and I see and I think about when God said that it was good, what did God see? Because I look at the mountains now and I'm like, man, that is good. But when there was no sin and God saw it, he said, that is good. What did he see then in all of his might that would make him say, that is good? Or make him even with us where he says, well done. Thy good and faithful servant when it's all said and done. Coming from our Lord and our Savior. I tell people, I can only imagine that time when I'm there. Not only will we fall when we hit our knee, because I, I believe there when the Bible talks about every knee shall bow, that's not talking about people just forcing him. When you actually see God in all of his might, in all of his power, in all of his glory, unworthy. Then all of a sudden, he gets you up off the ground, and you see those scars, and you know who he is, and how unworthy you are. And for him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, and to connect you with him, him who not who didn't come to be king, who came to serve us. My, oh, my, do you know him? When's the last time you just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and just searched for him? Oh, God, I just want to do a study about you. I just want to know a little bit more about you. I just got married not too long ago. You know what I'm learning? It's a good thing to know a little bit more about my wife. You walk into the store, the grocery store, and you're like, oh, okay, what would she buy? What would she buy? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And those little lessons remind you 
Maybe you just need to get a little bit closer. Maybe you said the same thing in life. Let problems not take us from God. It brings us closer to God. Because if we're not careful, that is definitely the way it will be. And I must <clears throat> hasten. But can I tell you this? Do you know him? Do you know that he still defends the feeble? Do you know he still cares for the poor? Let me ask you this. When's the last time you got a burden for the people around here? Can you imagine? Right now, it seems like there's, I, I don't know if you want to call it COVID-2 or what, whatever the thing is. There's like this really bad cold slash flu slash just craziness that's going on everywhere. Can you imagine going through that and not knowing the Lord? Not having that comfort of knowing that. Can you imagine having a loved one close to you that perishes and not having the comforter to comfort you during that time? Do you know him? Oh, I can go on and on and on, but that wouldn't be the exact message that he has for me tonight to give to you. Not only was I just going to mention about praising him and stopping realizing who loves you, but also realize that he still supplies our needs. I challenge you, when you get down, take a pen and a piece of paper. I do this all the time where they're like, God doesn't love me. I'm like, hold on, he does. I was like, you're just overlooking some things. You have clothes on your back, boy, he loves you enough to provide that. I was like, they may not be the best thing that you want. They may not be Louis Vuitton. They may not be the, the best of the best, but he provided, didn't he? All right, he provided that. And boy, you start going through that list. Hey, you got a roof over your head. It could be a cardboard box, but you got a roof over your head. It's keeping you the way that you can keep striving for him. Boy, he's meeting needs. He's meeting needs. He's meeting needs. He's meeting needs. It's amazing how we only give God the credit when it's a big thing. When the Bible just commands us to give him credit, period. But the main thing that he wanted me to speak to you about tonight is in this matter. When's the last time not only did you praise him, but you said thank you? Lord God, in the matter of praise, I just want to come to you. I just want to say thank you. Lord God, I want to thank you for the good times because they're good times. Lord God, I want to thank you for the bad times too because the bad times have taught me a lot. It was uncomfortable. I wouldn't necessarily volunteer for it again. But Lord God, during that time, you've taught me a great deal. There's been heartache and stuff in my life where I didn't understand. I mean, tears flowing down. I, I, I couldn't imagine or wish it upon anybody else. But now as I travel, I'll meet other people with heart conditions. And I'll meet other people where they're going through the same thing and they don't have an answer. And I'm able to speak with them and be like, I, I believe I know where you're coming from. Oh, no, you don't. And then I'm like, oh, yes, you can hear your heartbeat. Oh, you can do these things. Oh, this is how you're feeling. Oh, you do. Our God is mightier than we are. Wiser, too. It's amazing sometimes when you have a trouble, that means he trusts you enough 
to give you that because he thinks mildly highly of your shoulders that he's putting that on. Our problem isn't God. Our problem is ourself. It's mighty hard for you to feel ungrateful when you're thankful. Lord God, I want to thank you for what I do have. Lord God, I want to thank you for what we do have. I want to thank you for those kids, even though, Lord God, sometimes I just want to bless them in Jesus' name. But Lord God, I thank you that I can be called mom. I can be called dad. Lord God, I thank you for that privilege. Lord God, I thank you that <clears throat> I can take them and I can have that dream that we have. Lord God, we take them to church and we're going to church as a family. We're moving forward as a family. Whatever position you are in life, we all can say thank you. Kind of hard for us to be ungrateful when we're thankful for what he's done. What does it do? It constantly reminds us of who he is and how it applies to us. I like John R. Rice where he said that he never ever would say amen because he constantly was in the presence of the Lord. I told people this, it's hard to sin when God's in the room. It's also hard to be ungrateful when you're thankful. Lord God, I'm thankful. Lord God, I don't have a lot of money, but Lord God, I, I do have a little bit. When you are thankful, this amazing thing happens. You become grateful. Lord God, I know who I am. Lord God, I know what you saved me from. Oh, Heavenly Father, even though I still struggle with some things now, we used to say this. Heavenly Father, will you use me? Lord God, will you use me? Lord God, I'm thankful for everything, but oh, Lord God, will you please use me? Even in the Christian, our Christian circles, we've gotten to the point where it's almost become prideful. Oh, Lord God, I need this, I need that. I'm going to use you as a genie. Most pastors now, I talk to them, and they want a higher assistant. And the higher assistant, and the assistant's like, well, I need this, and I need this 401K, and I need this, and I need this. And the pastor's like, you need more money than what I'm making right now. Like we're raising entitled kids instead of raising servants who are grateful. I told people if I get an opportunity to scrub towards, well, maybe that would be a thing that God will use to keep me humble and to make me also realize that he's in charge and I can be grateful because I still have a place of employment. God's been good to all of us. When's the last time you just praised him? Well, God, I just want to praise you for who you are and I want to be thankful for what you've done. And Lord God, in all that, if you don't mind, Lord God, I know who I am. Lord God, I know what you've done. Oh, Lord God, will you use me one more time? Lord God, I don't know about you. I love hearing those stories of how God used the great men in the past. And I'm like, Lord God, if you know 
uh, if you have no respect of person, it doesn't matter who it is. Lord God, will you use this boy too? Lord God, will you use me to do something great and mighty too? I remember that used to be a thing. Lord God, use me. Lord God, I want to do something great. Oh, Lord God, here am I. Why? Because you were grateful. You were thankful. And you were willing to just praise him for anything. Oh, tonight, how are you? Oh, we talked about singing and praising God. So what are you trying to do? Open up your heart. Lord God, I just want to get things in perspective. If you're not waking up with a song in your heart, what are you listening to? What are you doing? Because even sometimes in the paddle, you can still sing, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Save the wretch like me. My God, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Whoo! And you can just rejoice over what you do have. God's been good. God's been good to everyone in here. This church, you have a called out assembly, Ecclesia. It has a building that you meet in. Oh, and it was negative 30. I'm not sure who was going which way. All right, because in Florida, when it's 30, we kind of lock things down. Uh, <clears throat> but I can only imagine here there are probably family members checking on family. Hey, just want to know, you guys okay? You good? Maybe pastor's like calling everybody, hey, you still got wood? Still got wood over there? All right, you guys got enough food? What are you doing, Lord God? I thank you and praise you for what I have. Lord God, if it was good enough for you to serve, Lord God, I want to serve too. I brought up the thing about this area. Not only are people lonely, but people are searching for the truth more than ever. Our former president phrased it very good. They're tired of fake news. They're tired of fake news and also tired of fake religion. Lord God, I just want somebody to tell me the truth. Everybody in some areas knocks on doors. Jehovah Witnesses, they go. The Mormons, they go. Muddy the water. Now when you have people, they literally think that you're one of them. <laughs> Blinds closed, everything. From the Baptist church. Why? They're looking for somebody to just tell them the truth. They're looking for somebody to say, thus saith the Lord, and actually have God's word in their hand. May it be said that you are not too goody good shoes to be that person that presents it to them. I don't know about you. When was the last time you told somebody about the Lord? Well, I'm too busy. I, have you read Jesus and how he walked and how, what he did and everything? I was like, we have no excuse. I was like, even if you are, you're like, here, <laughs> greatest news ever. <laughs> Take off, please read it. Will you read it? Will you read it? Will you read it? Take somebody at their word. There's my friend. You can talk to people that I can't talk to. They see me, here's the preacher, wall goes up, pfft, I can say anything I want, and it'll be like the Charlie Brown thing, wah, 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 wah. But you can come, you can really come here, sit, and it's almost like it's coming from grandma. Come here, I just want to love on you for a second. Someone gave me the greatest news, and I want to give it to you. I know you're going through a rough time, and you can be a servant of God. Humble yourself 
to do the same thing that somebody did for you. Have you praised them? Are you thankful? Are you grateful? Then let's go out and let's do it again. Let's be found faithful to our Lord. Or shall I say, let's be obedient. Lord God, if you say it, even though I don't understand everything, I'm going to do it. If you truly break down salvation, why would somebody like our Lord and Savior die for someone like us? It doesn't make sense. Why would someone perfect give his life for someone unperfect? Why would he bear all of our burdens on him on the cross to where even his dad would turn his back? It doesn't make sense. That's why it's called faith. And that's why God's way is bigger than ours. Because I told people if we could describe him, we could know everything about him, would he be God? He wouldn't be God. So let us not be gods in our mind. I don't need to do that. I'm too big for that. We make ourselves a little God ourselves. Let's realize who we are and who he is, and let's just enjoy life having fun. Next time the doors will be open, I believe it will be a wedding. <clears throat> so let us all come rejoice as a church. But between there, let's look for ways to serve him, look for ways to be faithful. Heavenly Father, we sure do thank you. Lord God, it was just a little something that you gave me on the way here. Lord God, it's one thing to hear and it's another thing to do. Heavenly Father, may we be faithful with what we've heard to not only hear it, but apply it to our life. Or maybe that day where we're feeling whatever sort of way, Lord God, you bring back these things to help us in the time of need whenever we need it. May we be faithful, <clears throat> Lord God, to your will your way and your service. We thank you for everything. In your best son's name we pray. Amen.